Hey everybody, Derek D here, and this is a particularly special episode. You know, we've had some great guests over the years here on Dealer News Today, but today you'll see why we're the number one podcast in the automotive industry. Special guest host and best-selling marketing author Larry Balin interviews an icon, the baddest man on the planet, Kid Dynamite himself, Iron Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's right. Iron Mike will be the special guest at the exclusive DCG NADA heavyweight dinner in Dallas on January 28th, hosted by none other than the number one mergers and acquisitions firm in the automotive industry and the king of the NADA after party, the Dave Canton Group and DCG Acquisitions. For more information on the event, visit heavyweightdinner.com. My name is Larry Balin. I'm a best-selling marketing author and CEO of one of the top digital marketing firms in the nation. I'm thrilled to have been asked to guest host a very special interview on the automotive industry's number one podcast platform, Dealer News Today. Today, I'm thrilled to sit across the table from a legend, a man who's considered one of the best to ever step in the ring. He's a boxing icon, movie star, philanthropist, entrepreneur, Broadway star, family man, and the baddest man on the planet. None other than heavyweight champion, Iron Mike Tyson. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Hey, it's my pleasure. So I'm going to kind of just get started. And uh, like an exhibition fight, we're going to go eight rounds. But since I wouldn't last eight seconds in the ring with you, I decided to make it eight questions. It's a lot safer for me. Let's check it out. All right. So the eight questions. So you are arguably the most feared man in boxing, the baddest man on the planet, You've gone from that to be a beloved storyteller, a motivational icon, very magnanimous and humble individual, as I personally saw at the end of the the Roy Jones fight. Uh, And as a marketing and a branding guy for 25 years, I know that changing someone's personal brand is a very heavy lift. It is not an easy thing to do. So question one is, why did you do it? And question two, what was the hardest part about doing it? You know, it was just something that manifest. Nothing was going to stop me. I think you have admitted you're a slightly different person than you used to be, and you had to become someone else. When did you realize that you needed to become something else? What are the signs? Well, listen, let me explain this. Um, I went to a Broadway show, and I saw Chaz Parmentieri, and he was doing his um, The Bronx Tale. Yeah. And I was telling my wife, hey, baby, I can do that because that's what I do when I go on tour. I, I'm talking to people, but I just won't take questions from them. It won't be like a Q&A. And that's what um, we produced our show, um, Undisputed Truth. Had raves all over the world. I saw it. It was amazing. You know, and, and again, the guy that was on the stage was very different in my mind than the guy that was in the ring. I had to be that guy to become this guy right now. If I wasn't that guy, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. In order to be who I am right now, whatever preeminence people may believe I have, it had to become from that primitive conduct. Well, I mean, you talk about how important uh, adaptation is in life in general. You yeah. say uh, you actually say it's the number one factor in life is you have to adapt. I'm going to assume it's not just a little bit important. It's the most important of all the important things because you say it's the number one factor in life. How did you know when it was time to adapt? 
Like what? What happened? Like did something just click in your head? Did an event happen? Yeah, I, what happened? When I was like, when I was like thirty million dollars in debt, yeah, it just happened. It just clicked. I had to truly adapt. <laughs> so the advice is, let's all get to thirty million in debt, and then a change that'll change us. <laughs> that change that changes a guy. So really, so what you're saying, uh, Mike, it's it's really there. It's a life event, and it's going to be different for everybody. So some sort of a life event. Is going to you're is going to hit you, and you're going to have to adapt, and you're going to kind of have to step up to that moment and make a big change. And the key is really determining and and maybe being aware of when that moment is, because I'm sure it wasn't just debt. I'm sure there was other things. Mistakes. I I'm I'm a great believer in not being afraid to make mistakes and learn from mistakes. And most of us don't have those types of things in in our lives. I mean, it's going to be a smaller scale. Well, listen, I look at life like this. I'm a little scutter boy from Brownsville, Brooklyn. What the hell am I doing owing the government $30 million? <laughs> I look at it from that perspective. Yeah, so change happens because change has to happen. Yeah, so you just yeah. came to that realization, and that, that's that's that, it. That's no, interesting. That, no, that's really adapting. That's <laughs> adapting. Yeah, that's it. That's well, but that's a, that's a forced adaptation. You absolutely had to adapt. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's great. You know, I mean, one of the other things that you mentioned that I always found interesting and, uh, and, uh, and if I get any of this wrong, let me know, but I, I think, I, I think I've got this one. You mentioned how close most people are to igniting their inner champions. So I've heard you say that again, a few different times in some interviews on, on your, your hot, uh, hot boxing podcast, a couple of different times. And that implies that there's a champion inside everyone. Do you believe there's a champion inside everyone? Absolutely. It's just, it takes somebody or some experience to um, ignite it. Well, okay. So let's say, okay, let's say it is. So, okay, we're, I'm not going to argue with you. There's a champion inside everybody. Uh, but not everybody realizes that, that champion mindset. You know, some people don't take advantage of it. So what, what really makes one person a champion and another not a champion if everybody has it in them. Um, it's discipline. Discipline. Yeah. So is, is it about, about discipline. I don't care how much talent you have. If you don't have any discipline, you're going nowhere. Okay. So that's the key word right there is, is the discipline ignites the champion. It makes a lot of sense when I look back at your career as it's all about very disciplined. In yourself. It's really all about believing yourself. That's what it's really all about. Confidence breeds success, and success breeds confidence. That's how it goes. Interesting yeah. you say confidence. I'm a keynote speaker. I get paid to, to speak similar to you, more at marketing conferences and things like that for corporations. And everyone always asks me, are you nervous when you get up on stage? And I'm always nervous when I get up on stage, like always. But I'm also very confident what I'm going to talk about, and those nerves are energy. So I find that that confidence drives me. Yeah, I'm a strong believer of that, too. I was taught when I was very young that confidence breeds success and success breeds confidence. And confidence applied properly would supersede a genius. Confidence applied properly will supersede genius. I like that a lot. We're going to take a quick 30-second break to hear from one of our sponsors. You are listening to Dealer News Today, the automotive industry's number one podcast channel. This interview is brought to you by DCG Giving. DCG Giving is a nonprofit organization fighting childhood cancer in partnership with the Dave Canton Group. 
According to the American Cancer Society, about 10,470 children in the United States under the age of 15 will be diagnosed with cancer in 2022. This holiday season, make a donation that helps children who are fighting this terrible disease. 100% of all donations go directly to our Children's Oncology Group partner charities. Visit dcggiving.com to make a donation today. Okay, we're back. I'm here with Iron Mike Tyson. Let's get back into it. In Undisputed Truth, you talk about uh, an addictive gene. Uh, and you said it, it, it haunts you to this very day, you know, the, an addictive gene. Now, for many, that, that, uh, the word addiction could apply to a lot of things, you know, substance abuse, things of that nature. But do you believe that addiction could also apply to winning? Well, listen, um, it depends on what perspective you put winning in. Is it just an athletic event or okay. is it just in life? Yeah, I, guess, I guess it needs context, right? So it, it could be as dangerous as being addicted to anything else or as uh, satisfying and helpful as as anything else. Well, listen, um, as everybody know, all the people that had the light on them since Alexander the Great, the lights one day will be dimmed. And that's just what it is. That is just what it is. So you have to take advantage just of what pass, you can. We're just passing through, brother. We're just passing <laughs> through. Just passing through. Um, you know, you meant you mentioned failures, uh, and one of the things that I've heard uh, heard you talk about, and I was always interested in, is you said you have to understand loss to be good. Professionally, in the ring, you haven't had a lot of loss. You've had more more wins than losses for sure. But what are, when you have lost, what is the lesson that you take away from loss? Like, what's the biggest lesson you learned from loss? I listened to Billie Jean King while I was a young boy say this. Whenever you plan on being the best at anything in the world, you got to expect disappointment. Now, I do have one final question. And I think I, I would love if you thought real hard about this because it's a, it's a philosophical question. And I think the audience that's listening now and is going to be there when they see you January 28th in Dallas live at the, at the heavyweight dinner they're going to want to know the answer to this question. So, final eighth question. Is it harder to reach the top or stay at the top? That's interesting. Um, it depends on what, what, and what perspective do you want to be on the top. Do you, would you rather have a few years of, you know, me God worship than um, a lifetime of obscurity? It's just that perspective. How do you want to look at it? I'd rather have two years of, of success in a lifetime of being nobody. That's who I am, yeah. I'm gonna follow up to that a little bit. The, the pressure, so when you become the youngest champ of all time, was it, was it more pressure to win the championship? Or then when you had it, was it more pressure to keep it? I just felt I was the best at what I did. You were. And it, and it didn't matter if I had it or they were coming to get it. I'm the best at what I did and no one stands a chance. I reign total supreme in my field. So that's the secret right there, is that level of confidence is the confidence of a champion. Absolutely. You have to want to do your job and be at the best more than you want to breathe. That's when you reach the top of your game. This is why I saved this question for last, because that is an amazing answer. More, even more than that, 
you have to want to be up more than anybody wants you to be down. You know, you have to have that total belief and confidence that you could conquer the world and crush it to your feet. No matter what anybody thinks. Regardless. You reign as a God. You have to believe you're God in this particular field. There's no one that can match me. And I proved it time and time and time again. And that's what they should think. They did it time and time again. How dare these guys come out of Ivy League school and go try to take my job, crush them to their knees. I think that's great. You know, the, the thing that motivated me more than anything to start my own business and right out of high school and do, was people telling me I couldn't do it. Well, that was that, you no, know, they told me. They said, you're too short, your arm's too short. They're going to beat you. You can never, you're not, you're not big enough. You're too short. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. Everybody, that was, yeah, everybody said I was too short, too small. They're going to beat the hell out of you. <laughs> you changed the game. You changed the world. Hey. You changed the way that people look at everything. Only God changed the world. I was just participating. Fair enough. And uh, and I have to say, Mike, I think your personal brand and how you've changed. And uh, I mean, again, I mentioned the Roy Jones fight, even even how you were so magnanimous at the end of that fight, which I think you clearly won. But we don't have to get into that. It was you and Roy in it together. And that seems to be the guy that you are now. You know, I, I, I don't want to acknowledge, you know, my blessing, but who the hell am I sometimes? What do you mean? Just like you, anywhere, anywhere all over the world is just, it's a mob. Who am I? Why do these people, why are they attracted to me? I just don't get it sometimes. My wife explains to me that they can feel your heart or you endured and all that crap. But um, it's scary sometimes. You go to a, um, an airport and there's like 50,000 people there. It's pretty scary. It scares my family. And um, that's part of being who I am. That comes with it. I mean, I get why. I mean, I, I get it being a fan. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a crazed fan. I'm going to come running up to you. I mean, listen, I, I've been helping with some of the logistics. I'm going to meet you in Dallas, and we're going to go over a bunch of stuff, and I'll see you out there in person. But, you know, I'm excited to meet you. But I know why I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to meet you for a lot of reasons. I mean, you, you've you done things that other people haven't done. You've you've changed the, the way that people look at things. You've changed your own personal brand. You've done so many things. I, I want to know that guy. I want to I want to meet the guy that can do what so many others have not. I mean, everybody wants to meet the person that that can do the thing that other people haven't been able to do. Hey, I used to know the start of it is belief. The power of belief can move anything. Listen, here's my belief. I believe when we're in Dallas together and you're in front of all all of these business people in the automotive space, you are going to change the way they think of the world. You're going to change the way they look at their business. They're going to learn a tremendous amount of, from you and your history and everything you've done. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that you're going to be there. Hey, I'm a little nervous, but thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it, Mike. And uh, thanks again for being part of the, uh, the DCG NADA Heavyweight Dinner, where all these guys get to meet you in person. You're giving us a tremendous amount of time. There's going to be a meet and greet. Everybody's going to learn from the champ. I've already learned, and I'm going to learn a lot more, so I can't wait. Thank you, buddy. God be with you. You too. Thanks again, Mike. The DCG NADA Heavyweight Dinner is in Dallas on January 28th at 7 p.m. Some of the top names in the automotive industry will be there. Iron Mike will be part of a live fireside chat, followed by a sit-down dinner with the guests, and then a private meet-and-greet photo session with the champ. This event is VIP invite only, so if you have not gotten an invitation, you could request to be added to the wait list at heavyweightdinner.com. I'm Derek D. saying thanks for listening to the automotive industry's number one podcast platform, Dealer News Today. And don't forget to subscribe 
and share.